This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So the biggest trades of the NBA trade deadline, which ended at 3 p.m. today, was Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun. Kyrie Irving, we found out a couple days ago, is now a Dallas Maverick. Those were really the splashiest trades of the deadline. And Brooklyn making huge waves in both the East and the West. Because obviously they traded those players to the West. The West becomes more stacked. Plus, Joe, there were other teams in the West improving. The sixth-place Clippers addressed their weakness at backup center. You know, they they brought in a wing in Gordon and Highland. And so you have moves in other teams. Obviously, what the Lakers did, they become an opponent that maybe could become more dangerous in a postseason. They added a little shooting there around LeBron. They were able to move on from that Westbrook contract. The Timberwolves is hoping that Mike Conley Jr. is a better fit there than D'Angelo Russell was. So a lot of teams in the West making moves before this trade deadline. In the East, there's a lot of teams that also made some moves. But I would say when you're talking about the Celtics and the Bucks and the 76ers, you're talking about teams that didn't even have to do anything at all because they got better just by virtue of all of those moves happening in the West. Yeah, they're already in good shape, those three. Maybe it's a small move here or there for some depth. Uh, I know Philadelphia had a small transaction out there, but for the most part, they're where they need to be. They just need to tinker and try to improve because they know it's a three-horse race between those three. I like the Jay Crowder move to Milwaukee. I think that helps the Bucks a lot. But in the West, let's assume that currently the Los Angeles Lakers, who are on the outside of the playoffs looking in, and I'm going to give you the 10 teams for the playoffs, the 10 teams, not the eight, Let's assume the Lakers can climb up a game and a half and take that last spot from Portland. Here's what you're looking at in the Western Conference playoffs. Nikola Jokic, who's won two MVPs in a row. John Moran and the Grizzlies. A Sacramento Kings team who hasn't been to the playoffs since 2006. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. Kawhi Leonard, excuse me, and Paul George. Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and the Pelicans, who were a lot of fun in the playoffs last year. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who gave up five first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. Steph and the defending champs, LeBron and the new-look Lakers. The West is stacked. Those definitely would be fantastic. You're absolutely right. I mean, I will say, as a fan of a team in the East, I'm glad I ain't in the West, right? I mean, that's that's not a conference I would want to mess with as an opponent. I mean, the, the journey... All the way through. I don't think there's a safe spot here. If you're the one seed Denver Nuggets and you draw Golden State in the opening round, that's not going to work well for you. It feels like every round is going to be extraordinarily challenging. Whereas in the East, generally you have a situation where if you're a one or a two seed, you might walk away with a layup in the opening round. Like Boston getting the Knicks or Atlanta or the Bulls right now, that shouldn't be the end of the world. Milwaukee getting somebody like that, Toronto, that shouldn't be the end of the world. So you should be able to get one under your belt and then you begin the journey in the second round in the West. It's going to be all hands on deck from the beginning. There is so much star power out there. If you were able to see Kevin Durant 
and that net squad, or excuse me, that sun squad, make a serious push in the West. Like, think about the narratives that that will rewrite coming off that disaster in Brooklyn. Well, and you should be able to see the Suns make a push here. For a franchise that's never won an NBA title, they certainly, with new ownership, tried to make the biggest splash they could by acquiring Kevin Durant to pair him alongside Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. Jay Williams from Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, he thinks this version of the Suns might be better than Kevin Durant's version of the Warriors. I think this team kind of challenges those 2017, 2018, 2019 Golden State Warrior teams as it relates to talent. Devin Booker, yo, is one of the realest two guards in the league. CP3, you can say he's he gets older and he might get injured later in the season. That's the thing. But like, but I like him orchestrating this team with DeAndre Ayton. They still have to find. I mean, they have Tory Craig who played. He's stepping in, giving them great minutes right now. They're absolutely loaded. No, uh, they're loaded Sorry, on Jay paper. Will, no. I mean, they're loaded on paper is where they're loaded. Like they are loaded on paper. Fine. He mentioned CP3 injury concerns. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, by the way, have also missed time with injuries. But we just saw it happen in Brooklyn. Like it, James, I'm sure people were arguing that James Harden, Kyrie and Kevin Durant together are better than those Golden State Warriors teams. And look how that went when we saw it for 16 Everybody's years. always looking to draw that comparison because that was the best team we've seen in quite some time. But no, this version of Kevin Durant's not better than that version of Kevin Durant. Is Devin Good Booker point. better than Steph Curry? Would you take no. Devin Booker over Steph Curry? Now, there's an argument no, there. Devin I, Booker's I like, incredible. I like, I like Devin Booker a lot, but yeah. not, not Steph. But no. I mean, that's just a different barometer. Though. No. This was Clay Thompson before the injury, one of the best two-way wings in the NBA. He was an elite defender. And then Draymond Green, you don't have to like him, but he's a right. defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, think about what you had with that team. Who's the best defender for the Suns? It is a loaded team that should make a run, but it is not a team that is better than that Warriors team by any stretch of the imagination. The Warriors had guys they could count on that could come off the bench and give you some minutes. Iguodala was a big factor during those Warriors years. You had guys that stepped in in crucial spots that were able to handle their role for a few minutes at a time. I remember as much as people will laugh, um, JaVale McGee used to give you three or four great minutes of lobs before the defense would adjust, and then you had to get him the hell off the court. But that team could play. This Suns team has potential, but it is way too early to compare them to that Warriors team. That Warriors team used to roll through people, absolutely roll through LeBron James and the Cavaliers. And that's no disrespect to LeBron. They just couldn't stand up against them. I mean, LeBron would not have a championship if, in fact, Draymond had not decided to kick somebody in the um, you know, groin. Well, he had his Miami titles, but you're talking about his Cleveland no, I'm, titles. I'm talking about in Cleveland. Yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> well, that whole thing, I mean, not he not taking away those there. Miami titles. Settle down over there, Joe. I meant he would not have a championship against those Golden State Warriors right. if it wasn't for Draymond not being able to uh, contain his emotions in a heated moment. We are talking about a Warriors team that without Kevin Durant on it, won, what, 73 games and started that season winning 24 straight? Like, it was a 73-win team. So, yes, I am with you. There is no way you are going to convince me that this version of the Suns, at this point in KD's career, and at this point in CP3's career, are going to come close to that team. But they don't have to. They just have to win an NBA title. I'm not asking them to be arguably the greatest or one of the greatest NBA teams in the history of the universe. I'm just asking them to put the Phoenix in a position to win its first franchise title. And I think if those guys can stay healthy, they're certainly in a position to do that. It's a loaded West. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's got to actually come together and gel. 
but now they're in a position to do it, which I wouldn't have said that. As, as good as Phoenix was before this trade, I wouldn't have said that. I didn't think they had enough to get over the hump. I don't even know who the biggest threat is to them in the West. The Nuggets, when Jokic leaves the floor, those are some empty minutes from Denver. True. The Grizzlies have been terrible on the road this season. They're 11-16. and 16. The Kings, like I said, we haven't seen them as a quality team in decades, so you got to wonder if they're going to be up for the task come the postseason. Dallas is going to go through growing pains with um, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. That defense has been a mess. I don't see it getting any better. Phoenix, the aforementioned, who's their biggest challenger? The Clippers. I mean, are they suddenly going to decide to turn it on? That team just takes off all season and expects to roll the ball out there come playoff time and be able to win. And then they can't. The Pelicans might be too young. The Timberwolves have taken a step back this season. The Warriors are as banged up as can be. Portland's never around when it matters. Utah, Oak City, San Antonio, and Houston are out of the equation. And then there's the Lakers. Like, are the Lakers the biggest threat right now based on the upgrades they made? Because they still need to find their way into the playoffs. No, I mean, they still have to find their way into the playoffs. And I have no idea if Anthony Davis can stay healthy. So that's going to be paramount in how dangerous this Lakers team can be. Timberwolves improved a little bit. I mean, I think that there is going to be some consequences coming off of this trade deadline and these trade deadline moves that maybe we're not considering. But certainly right now on paper, the Phoenix Suns look like the best team in the West. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald joins the show. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Rolling along here on Joe and Amber. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. Get a little bonus Joe and Amber for you coming your way. We're going to talk to future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald in just moments. But first, let's hit some more pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, one and two last night, minus .85 units, but our seven-day run continues, 15 and seven overall, plus 18.25 units. Pizza money number two. We're going to go to the Lakers-Bucks showdown tonight, which will be right here on ESPN Radio. Rui Hachimura going over 16.5 total points, minus 115 on the juice. Since he came to the Lakers, He's only averaging about 12 points per game, so you may be wondering why I would be betting him to score over 16.5 tonight. Well, D'Angelo Russell's not in town yet, and all the guys that were traded either out or in will not be playing, 
And that also goes for LeBron James, who's going to be taking the night off. So ultimately, there are a lot of shots and a lot of opportunities that are out there for the Lakers to score. Enter Hachimura, who should see a much higher usage rate than we have seen in the past, at least since he joined the L.A. Lakers. Pizza money number two, Rui Hachimura over 16 and a half points. To be on the world stage, have two black quarterbacks starting the Super Bowl, I think it's special. To be the first for some is, is pretty cool, so I know it'll be a good one. It'll be a great game, two great teams, and then I get another great quarterback. Former Cardinals wide receiver and 11-time Pro Bowler, Larry Fitzgerald, joining us now on Joe and Amber. And Larry, thanks so much for some of your time. Let's start with one of the biggest storylines coming out of the Super Bowl. You just heard it there on the intro. It's the first matchup between two black quarterbacks ever in Super Bowl history. What's the significance of that to you? It was great to be able to see, um, you know, the league and and as it continues to mature. Uh, you think about Doug Williams and what he was able to do and how iconic of a moment that was. And then you see Warren Moon going in the Hall of Fame, the first uh, African-American quarterback. And now, you know, you look here in 2023 and you have two African-American quarterbacks playing against each other. It just shows you how far the game has come. And, um, you know, when given an opportunity, anything is possible. Jalen Hurts was in the mix as an MVP candidate all season. What do you make of the monster step forward he took this season? Well, I mean, he's been playing so good. And he, he, the thing that really sticks out to me is his poise, right? Um, he just never looks like he's flustered. You watch him in his press conferences, it's like you're talking to a sage old veteran. Um, and, you know, he can't be sped up. You know, he, he's always looked like he's under composure. And what he's done this year is, you know, warrants a, you know, a, a really big contract extension after the, after the season. And um, you know, he's won at every level, too. So he's, he's accustomed to being in these type of positions. And that bodes well for the Eagles. On the other side of things, I've been so wildly impressed with Patrick Mahomes this season. I didn't think he could impress me any more than the start of his career. But the way that he's playing with this receiver room after losing Tyreek Hill, what are your thoughts on how Mahomes has handled this sort of new-look receiver room and a receiver-by-committee approach? Well, I mean, he he does have a few wide receivers, but he still has his safety blanket and, and Travis Kelsey. That connection is you know one of the best in league history. But he does, he has continued to impress, you know, even without the same ingredients. Uh, you know, he's just he's a spectacular player, what he's able to do. And, you know, even more so, he's a, he's a wonderful person. He's great for the game of football. And as we continue to grow it, you know, it's it's great that he's the face, face of the league and, you know, probably be named MVP. Larry Fitzgerald joining us here on Joe and Amber. So, Larry, you mentioned one of the Kelsey brothers there in Travis Kelsey. Who's the better Kelsey brother, Travis or Jason? Oh, no, you, you, I mean, both of them, I think, you know, at the end of the day, will probably be, you know, enshrined in Canton. Both play at a really, really high level. Um, if you, if I was picking, it would all depend on what, what my needs were. You know, if I had a great tight end, I would probably go with, with Jason. If I, if I had a great center, I would probably go with Travis. You know, that's kind of how I would answer that. Uh, the, those Kelsey jeans are no joke either way. I'm sure those are very proud <laughs> no. parents for Mr. and Mrs. Kelsey. Yeah. No, nah, I don't know. It's going to be tough for them this weekend. I mean, you think, think you're so happy on one side and then so sad for one or the others. Fortunately, they both have championship rings, and um, it'd just be one of them winning two as opposed to one. All right, let's talk about your former team, the Arizona Cardinals. Quarterback Kyler Murray, not exactly the season a lot were expecting after that big contract was handed out. Do you see him as the answer for that franchise long term? Well, I mean, he's paid to be the answer. Um, you know, he's got the skill set and ability, um, you know, so hopefully he'll be able to recover and 
come back to, you know, playing the same way he was, um, you know, the electrifying talent that he was prior to the injury. What should your former team be doing looking in terms of the next head coach? Well, I, I have no idea. I'm glad I don't I don't have the, the, the problem of having to do it at this point. But um, you know, I just hope they're able to find the right person to uh, come in and, you know, help Kyler get to the level that, you know, us as Arizona Cardinals fans all want to see him playing. And if he's playing at a high level, the team will be playing at a high level. Larry, you're a part of the Suns ownership group. Today was the trade deadline. Huge transaction for your squad landing. Kevin Durant, what was your reaction to that trade? And what does that title window look like now with KD in the mix? Yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, initially it was sad, you know, to see Cam and, and Mikhail go. They've been such great players and wonderful, wonderful citizens in the Phoenix area. But when we, we talk about the greatest players in the game and, um, you know, KD is one of those names that comes out very quickly. I mean, a walking, talking bucket, you know, he can go out there and get you as many points. Um, you know, probably the most unguardable player when he's healthy in the game still, you know, six foot, six foot 11, can handle it, can shoot it from, from, from range and uh, a willing participant and defensively. You add him with Devin Booker and, and point guard or Chris, Chris Paul and uh, a budding star and, and DeAndre Aiden really puts together a formidable team and um, you know coach of the year Monty Williams I mean it's exciting about um, what the prospects hold it was already a pretty formidable team and now it is certainly that with the addition of Kevin Durant exciting things there in Phoenix Larry Fitzgerald 11-time pro bowler with us Larry thanks so much for your time tell us why you're joining us tonight well we had a little chance to go visit the 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 Madden bus earlier and, and talk a little bit about coach Madden and you know how pivotal and impactful he was to the game you know not only as a a, a coach an analyst and still being able to touch younger generations with him creating the game and um, you know so that, that's what we were doing today at the at the at the convention center Larry Larry Fitzgerald thanks so much for your time thank you have a great day it's funny Joe when we asked him about Kyler Murray there uh, he didn't exactly say that Kyler is the answer. He just said Kyler's paid to be the answer. I wondered if he was choosing his words uh, wisely. He's still got that great footwork even in retirement. Side stepping <laughs> and dancing all over the sideline, keeping both feet in bounds, but certainly not giving the refs any reason to believe that we should overturn the play. I mean, what else are you going to say? You're a legend from that organization, but it's hard to come out in full support, right? It's hard to come out and say, look, it's, it's just some adversity. He'll be fine. He's got a lot of growing up to do. When you look around at franchise quarterbacks in the NFL, when you see the rise of someone like Jalen Hurts, if you're Arizona, how can you not look at a second-round pick in Jalen Hurts and say, look at this guy's leadership and command. Look at how he works with the players around him. Look at how he works with his coaches. That's not what we're getting from our guy. Did we make a mistake giving him all this money? And I provide a lot of excuses for Zach Wilson in that regard because Zach Wilson has some of those leadership concerns as well. But Zach Wilson coming out of BYU, a very, very, very young player when drafted into the NFL. Kyler Murray is 25 years old, right? Like at this point in Kyler's career, you should see him develop that leadership skill. Now, some of that's going to be up to whoever comes in to that Cardinals organization in terms of head coach. I don't know where the Cardinals are going to go from here, but they did pay Kyler. So like Larry Fitzgerald said, he's paid to be the guy. He has to turn into the guy. The Cardinals have to get it right at head coach to try to get the most out of that guy. Coming up next, we spent all of our pizza money winnings over the past couple weeks on one of the most new and inventive machines in the history of sports talk radio. Stay tuned. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. 
now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Joe and Amber, all you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio. It is that simple. So we have crazy new technology in the world of sports radio, which is really, if you work in this industry, you would know that is a sentence not often uttered. No, but it we is have, not. It is not. Uh, but, we, but we have over here in Archaic Radio, we've, we've, got some, we've taken some big strides technologically. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get to Sports Interpreter 3000. What are you trying to say? This is the Sports Interpreter 3000 with Joe and Amber. For this, we bring in our producer, James Steele. Yeah, so as far as I know, this is the only Sports Interpreter 3000 machine in existence. Uh, Unbeknownst to you guys, we've been racking up all this money on pizza money winnings and putting it away. And this is what we bought with our our earnings. And uh, so what we do here is we take a... A uh, soundbite that we have heard, or maybe we haven't heard, um, but it's happened over the past week. We uh, put it into the Sports Interpreter 3000, and it comes out on the other side, and it actually tells us what it actually what the guy was actually talking about. So, first up, uh, Amber's just favorite person in the entire world, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> who was on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, as always. Uh, this is him talking about the idea that he wouldn't want to retire the same year as Brady. Here we go. You know, the idea I wouldn't want to share a stage with, you know, Tom and J.J. Watt, I think is ridiculous. That's already going to be an incredible Hall of Fame class. Like, it's not even in the thought process. Their decisions don't impact. My own decision uh, doesn't make me want to, you know, come back so I can, you know, have the, you know, my own stage or whatever. I just, that's just not how I think. I don't think like that. That's what's, uh, what's going to be out there now until there's a final decision. It's a lot of fake news. I mean, that's our media in general is a ton of... Honestly, I, I yep. saw a report that athletes first, uh, my my contract representation side, you know, has already said I'm going to the Raiders or something, right? I read that oh. uh, the other day. Wow, that is the Sports Interpreter 3000. It's doing its work. It has spit out what Aaron Rodgers actually meant and what he actually meant. Is heck no, I don't, want to stare, I don't want to share a stage with Tom Brady at the Hall <laughs> for two guys who are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. The truth is that Aaron Rodgers loves attention. He loves being talked about. It's why he always says the things like this on the Pat McAfee show. And he loves when we, when we talk about it. And a guy that wants that much attention and, and revels in the attention and frankly is going to build a career off of it after football. Ain't nothing wrong with that. All right. We all like attention if we're sitting behind these microphones. But a guy who revels in that level of attention ain't going to want to share a stage at the Hall of Fame with Tom Brady because he will get overshadowed if he's part of that hall. I could believe it, Joe, if we're talking about a guy who was dead set on retiring, then maybe it wouldn't affect things. Obviously, he's not dead set on retiring or he would have already retired if he felt like he had nothing left in the tank. So this definitely affects his decision. I would love to know if there's any sort of pre-interview prep that goes on between McAfee's show and Rogers, because I kind of have a, a hunch. It's just a hunch. 
it wouldn't surprise me if Rodgers throughout the course of the week is just keeping receipts on everything that's said about him, and then he sends an email over to the McAfee professor, to the producers and says, I want to be teed up on each of these topics so I can address all of them. Wow, and you, I, you know what? Aaron I don't fault him if he does it. You have Aaron Rodgers actually producing. That's a great producer, it sounds like. I mean, look, it feels like everything that's said about him throughout the course of the week, he does have an opportunity to respond to on this show. And I'm sure the McAfee show's on top of it as well, but it wouldn't surprise me if Rodgers is like, feel free to ask me about this. I'm hot on that. I could see it. I wouldn't be surprised either. All right, so up next, uh, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel was on first take earlier this week. And they asked him who he wants to win the Super Bowl. And surprisingly, this is what he said. Since we're on a Super Bowl situation, um, I want the Eagles to win. I'm going to tell you why. Because uh, my guy, AJ, like how much work, how much effort, and how much time that he put into the game and the relationship that we've built before we, before we even got drafted, like I, I want to see him get one. <laughs> This thing is high tech because it also lets you know whether or not the speaker is being authentic and honest. And Debo Samuel is, in fact, being authentic and honest. What Debo is trying to tell you is that, yes, of course, he and the 49ers want to see the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl because it'll make them feel better about their situation. Oh, if only Brock Purdy hadn't gotten hurt, we would have beaten the Eagles. And then they went on to beat the Chiefs. We obviously would have beaten the Chiefs as well. And we would be Super Bowl champions. No one wants to make it all the way to the conference championship game, lose, and then watch that team go to the Super Bowl and get their teeth kicked in. All it does is worsen the final outcome of your series or your season as well. So full honesty, full and transparent honesty on behalf of Debo Samuel. Of course he wants the Eagles to win because it makes the Niners season look better. I think it was full and transparent honesty from Debo Samuel, but I don't think it's just about an in-conference winner and making the Niners look better. Frankly, I think what he is alluding to there is that he's really good friends with AJ Brown, you know, same draft class. Hey guys who get paid together, stay together, right? Those guys got their big contracts, the same off season. It sounds like they're very close friends. And I would imagine that you want your guy to be able to win a Super Bowl if you can't win one yourself and you ain't got no dog in this fight anymore. So I believe him in that regard. Yeah. So I was just going through the, the, in, the instruction manual. So that's what the green light means on there is that he's telling the truth. Telling the so truth. We, yeah. We learned oh, cool. something there today. Right. So that's Good cool. tech. Yeah. This is high awesome. I can't believe it's working so well. Sounds like Looney Tunes, I'm, to be honest. I put, with it, you, I put still it together. Tech. I'm putting it together myself this, uh, today, too. So <laughs> I was hoping there wasn't any bugs. All right. So obviously we know that LeBron passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time uh, leading scorer in the NBA earlier this week uh, on Tuesday, uh, right right after uh, our show. Um so they, uh, NBA Today asked Cream uh, how it felt watching LeBron break his record. I feel very happy for uh, LeBron, something he's worked very hard for, and he's, he's achieved it, and um, it wasn't easy. These records, you know, the cliche is so true. These records were made to be broken. One player gives it all and, uh, you know, and leaves it all on the court. And then it's up to someone else to show uh, how much uh, a, a human being can achieve or not achieve. That's why we keep the records. And that's why people come to the games.
<laughs> records are made to be broken. I'm not sure you ever want your records to be broken, though. We know that Kareem got a good run out of this one, 38-year run out of this one. So that's a heck of a run out of a record. I don't know if it's necessarily that it was broken that would upset him. It's who broke it that's probably truthfully very annoying because we know Kareem and LeBron have had their problems in the past Joe so I don't believe although Kareem's saying all the right things and I credit for him for that that's what you have to say in that scenario I would imagine behind the scenes Kareem's like yeah but you know what I did it without the three-point shot yeah sports interpreter smells some dung here a little bit of dung in this commentary Kareem we love you but I can't imagine you're that happy for LeBron James the readings I'm getting from sports interpreter 3000 is that while Kareem is saying all the right things in his mind here's what he's thinking if I had that three-point shot if I had these rules if I could play in the era LeBron James played in if I had this medicine if I had this technology guy would need 20,000 more points lucky fortunate That's why he's here, and I have to address this. But Kareem, too classy to say that, so we had to put it through the sports interpreter in order to get to the bottom of it. All right, so uh, Kyrie Irving was traded on Sunday to the Mavericks, and uh, after the first game the Nets played without him, uh, Jacques Vaughn was asked uh, how he enjoyed coaching Kyrie, and this is what he said. I look at it from a, a personal perspective uh, because I can't get in the mind of other people. Uh, my interactions with, with Kai um, have always been positive. I enjoyed coaching him. I want him to succeed. Uh, I'll keep it that simple. Uh, we've had some ups and downs, I guess, along the way, but I've also seen a young man score 60 points. I've also seen him bring his kids into uh, the locker room. Uh, I've also seen him uh, grow as an individual and be a better teammate than when I first met him. Uh, so for me, I'm always look at the good in people and want the good in people, and I want him to succeed. He's no longer with us, uh, but I appreciate his time. Long printout from Sports Interpreter 3000. Here's what Jacques Vaughn meant. Quote, I hated it. It was the worst experience of my life coaching Kyrie Irving. Why is it so hard for him to just do his job? I hope Dallas loses every game between now and the end of the season. End quote. And you know what, Jacques? We don't blame you for feeling that way. Not at all. You say what you got to say, but the Sports Interpreter 3000 will get to the bottom of it. And there you have it, the Sports Interpreter 3000. Uh, I have nothing to add to that because uh, you can't argue with what's right there from the Sports Interpreter 3000 in black and white on paper. Joe had the entire printout of Jock Vaughn's comments. He got him for what, like 50 games he coached him? And I would imagine <laughs> Probably it was feels like 10 50 seasons. Games too long. Yeah, <laughs> 50 games too long. Oh, that's somebody else's problem now Uh, in Dallas. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options. An easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. I actually feel bad for Jock Vaughn because we were talking about it. We were praising him when he came in. He took over that franchise. Things had been so quiet. It seemed like Vaughn really had those guys on the right track. 
And now those guys aren't even there at all. Uh, you probably walked into that situation excited to coach these future Hall of Famers. Now they're all gone. So I feel a little bit bad for Jock Fawn. Coming up next, your turn to weigh in. It is that time in Joe and Amber where we ask you to join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN. 888-729-3776. That's the number. That's how you get in touch with us. Bring us your hottest takes, NBA trade deadline, Super Bowl, anything you got. Triple eight, say ESPN. Joe and Amber, the podcast. The song gets me hype. Joe and Amber, Amber Wilson, <laughs> Joe Fortma. Oh my God, what a Joe nerd. Fortma. I love the whistle. At Joe Fortma. Sports. I am a nerd. Uh, If you're a nerd like me, give us a call. This is the time in the show when we want you to join the conversation. Anything you got for us, your hottest take. Joe will give you the dating advice. Whatever you want to talk about, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open. We will get to your calls in just moments on Caller Roulette. But first, do we have a pizza money here, guys? We do not. No. We do not. You go ahead. You rock and roll. You keep getting hype over there. So there's no but first. I'm just going to let you know. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. That was my first. Now, let's get to Caller Roulette. 13 black odds. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Caller Roulette with Joe and Amber. of Joe and Amber tonight. So this will not be the end of the show tonight. We will take you up to coverage of Lakers Bucks. That coverage will begin at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So Joe and I are on air tonight until 9.30 p.m. Let's go ahead and spin the wheel. Terrence. Terrence is in Georgia. Terrence, thanks for the call. What do you have for us tonight? Uh, I want to say in the NBA has overshadowed the NFL. Uh, I have never, never in my life have I ever not been inundated with Super Bowl trivia, Super Bowl this, Super Bowl that. As like this week, so the NBA just outshined them, We're grabbing all the headlines. And I think it all stems from, and this is just my opinion. I think it all stems. I think it all stems from them uh, for the NFL playing on on uh, Christmas Day. Thanks. Uh, You know, it's an interesting point there by Terrence. I would say that for me, I have a little bit of a different experience because I'm always pretty captured by the NBA trade deadline. But that's me speaking as a Heat fan. And then somebody also who worked on the Heat flagship for a million years. And so we were super tuned in in Miami. Like, that was a Heat town. We were super tuned in to all things NBA. And typically, you always think if Pat Riley's running your team, he's going to be active at the trade deadline. Uh, It doesn't always work out. Uh, Kind of lowery contract. Clearly nobody wanted him because you know that he was trying to get moved. Uh, maybe they're going to be a buyout market contenders there for Russell Westbrook. Great. Exciting. But nevertheless, uh, because I'm a fan of the and I'm always in on the trade deadline. Did you feel like it took attention away from the NFL more than usual? Oh, my God. Without question. Now, I love the conspiracy theory that this is because the NFL stepped on to Christmas Day and took away the NBA shine. But these dates are all set well in advance. So I don't think that happened on Christmas and then the NBA all of a sudden tweak the date but you had the perfect storm here you had trades that involved LeBron James's team the most marquee guy in the NBA you had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving moving two of the most polarizing names in the business so not only was it an opportunity for news but the news that broke was the biggest news imaginable and then on top of it there's just nothing coming out of the Super Bowl 
Let's mm-hmm. be honest. There's no drama. This isn't the year with the Ravens and the Niners. Do you remember Ray Lewis and Deer Antler spray? Mm-hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. deflate game about that. with the with the Patriots and the Seahawks. Some of these years we have drama leading into the game for two weeks. Some years we have massive injuries like T.O. against the Patriots back in 2000, whatever that was, five. This year we just don't have any of it. It's just two really good teams and a lot of X's and O's. As a result, we're not really getting a whole lot of storylines out of Arizona. I'm used to Super Bowl week doing the whole Radio Row run as a radio broadcaster. And because of that, I'm used to having, you know, back to back to back. You're getting fed all these people, all these athletes, all these personalities, these celebrities, whatever, because they're all trying to push, you know, whatever product, whatever thing, whatever service. And because of that, I'm kind of used to being loaded with interview content, but I've never really thought about the fact that there's not a ton because you have two weeks leading up to a Super Bowl. There's not like a ton of juiciness to sink your teeth into by this point when we're this close to the Super Bowl. We talked about the games, the matchups. We've done it all ad nauseum at this point, right? And so because of that, I do think the NBA was a little bit of a breath of fresh air where we got a moment of something to truly sink our teeth into. And there's few things more exciting than future Hall of Famers like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the move at the trade deadline. That is a heck of an NBA trade deadline, plus everybody else that improved as well. Let's spin the wheel. Rick, Rick is in Kentucky. Rick, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Well, I just am calling because I'm just a little perturbed that the Eagles aren't getting the respect that they're due. Everybody wants to talk about the easy path. Granted, they had less competition. But I'm tired of hearing San Francisco players, and they're a great team, whine and complain to the team. Yeah, you lost your quarterbacks because the Eagles' defense knocked them out of the game. That's football. Hearts didn't do a lot in the playoff games because he didn't have to. They got an early lead. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock. It's smart football. It's time to give this team its proper due. Well, Hertz did look disturbed by that pressure from that 49, 49ers defense before Brock Purdy went down. And aside, by the way, from the quarterback situation for the 49ers. So I don't agree that Jalen looks, you know, looked phenomenal in that NFC championship. He didn't. Uh, and I don't think that was all just because he didn't have to, frankly. Nevertheless, uh, Yes, the the defense knocked Brock Purdy out of the game. I mean, it was a freak injury. He's got a baseball injury right now, and it has been a freak season for the San Francisco 49ers because, Joe, everybody's knocked a 49ers quarterback out of the game. I'm not sure that's something to hang your hat on. Look, the defense gets credit for that, by the way. Like, if you're a Philadelphia fan and they knock Mahomes out of the game, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and go, oh, we should reschedule it for when he's healthy. This is a physical game. You knock out a key player, that's an advantage for you. That's kind of what that's the whole Saints bounty game thing knocked out of was about back in the day. Um, to the point on Hurts, the key X factor for him in this game, watch to see if the Chiefs are able to take away the middle of the field. Before A.J. Brown arrived in Philadelphia, Hurts couldn't go over the field. It was his weak spot. It was his Achilles heel. So they went out and got one of the best receivers in the NFL at going over the middle of the field, A.J. Brown, and it has changed everything for the Eagles offense. But the Niners took away the middle of the field, and Hurts did nothing in the mm-hmm. passing game mm-hmm. that day. Keep an eye on that in this matchup. If the Chiefs can take away the middle of the field, it's going to be an issue for Philadelphia. Now, what does Jalen's shoulder feel like? I mean, that's obviously part of this conversation, but he looked fine before that. I mean, I I genuinely believe 
that he was affected by that 49ers defense. And yes, he did not need to do a ton. He did enough. So not taking any credit away from him. He did enough to beat a battered San Francisco 49ers team by the end of that game. He's going to have to do more on Super Bowl Sunday. That's just the reality of the situation, even if they have some luck right now with Mahomes also having a high ankle sprain. Coming up next, we're going to continue to take your calls. Triple eight, say ESPN. You get a bonus 30 minutes of Joe and Amber your way next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. It's still Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. An extra 30 bonus minutes of Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up to coverage of Bucks Lakers, which starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him. At Amber W Sports, that is how you find me. Right now, we're taking your phone calls. I have to jump in here real quickly. Uh, we are about six segments from the end of the week based on the way we operate this show. And you have yet to make your prediction for the Super Bowl. I'm not pressing you to do it now, but as was mentioned in the rejoin, you will be burning bridges with either your co-host, me, Joe Fortenball, or your producer, him, James Steele. So There's do you no- have an idea of when you plan on releasing this pick? There is no winning uh, because I'm going to anger somebody no matter who I choose in this matchup. And I don't plan to anger somebody now. At 9.04 roughly uh, p.m. Eastern on Thursday, I would prefer to anger one of you very much on Friday. So that Friday then, news then, dump. Right? Yeah. Well, the Friday news dump, I ride off into the sunset, into the weekend. You know, Smart. we go dark for a little bit. I hope y'all get over it, whoever it is, by Monday when we return here. On and, and are you Amber. flying to the Super Bowl tomorrow? I'm supposed to be on an airplane to Arizona tomorrow. Of course, so I was supposed to be, to be on an Arizona today. Six that's going to be canceled in the last five weeks. I've never met someone who books more <laughs> trips and doesn't go on them than you. Okay, so in fairness to me, though, these trips, I was supposed to be at the Pro Bowl. I had to cancel it. That's what Joe is referencing because we were supposed to be doing shows in person in Vegas. These trips that I have canceled, I have now pushed back Arizona, are all because of the same sickness because I off. decided. It's the Super Bowl. You know I how decided, many people would like to go? Well, I decided it was a great idea to just like let this sickness ride for weeks until I discovered it had turned into a sinus infection. Imagine that. Go to the doctors, people. Get yourself fixed up. I'm I mean, on my if, way, though. If you don't have them going, you know, you can send your producer. To, to no. the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, sure. that would be like, yeah. so I don't okay. actually have, calm down, no? everybody. I don't actually have tickets to the Super oh. Bowl. Oh, so right. I was Never going mind. out there. I, have, I mean, I have tickets to the Rolling <laughs> Stone party. Do you want that? Uh, I, I was going out there for He'd the parties, them. the events. You know, Super Bowl week festivities. I did toy with the idea of attending the Super Bowl matchup between y'all's two teams, but I think spending a cool 5K up per ticket to watch your teams play and not my team, I'm not so sure that I am down with that. Am I still supposed to be spinning the wheel here, James? Or no, am I just, just going to take some calls here? We'll Let's just take, take some calls. calls. Yeah. 888-729-3776. That's how you join the conversation. That's where Joey is. Joey is in Iowa. Joey, <laughs> oh, goodness. Sorry. After oh, I was just geez. bragging about the medicine is starting to kick in, I'm starting to feel better. Maybe I'm not making it to Arizona. Joey, what do you have for us? Okay. First off, we have not been getting our respect that we've needed this whole entire year. Nobody thought Jalen Hurts was going to get anywhere to the Super Bowl with us. And last year, we didn't have no wide receivers. Not as We only had Smith, and that was it. And we she threw over 300-plus yards last year against the Kansas City Chiefs. And now we have A.J. Brown. Bro, we're going to pass all over them and run all over them. And they, Kansas City, ran all over us last year. And they don't know our defense. We got Sue 
and Davis, and we're gonna just we're gonna shut them down. Joe, son, do you have the confidence you? that Joey has? How old are you, son? Did we lose I'm him? Thirteen. Thirteen. Fantastic phone call. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Got to address a few key things here. Hate to dump on the minors, but number one, <laughs> this idea that you're not getting respect, and I'm an Eagles fan as well, but the idea that there's no respect for the Eagles, I mean, Las Vegas has them as a favorite in the Super Bowl. That's as much respect as you also, can Also, I've never get. seen so many people talk about how Jalen Hurts is like the next coming, right? I mean, all we've done all season is talk about Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate and how this Eagles team is easily the best team in the league. And this is the best O-line we've ever seen in the history of the universe. And Jalen Hurts with his weapons and A.J. Brown sees. I, I feel like all we've done is talk about, honestly, is giving respect to the Eagles all season long. And I, honestly, I think that's why they're not really like it's just not it's not that exciting of a story. Like they're very good and they made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, but the one thing at every turn, and I'm guilty of this as well, is pointing out the record against uh, inferior opposition. I mean, they really haven't played a lot of big games this year. The one big one they played against Dallas, you know, I understand Minshew started that game, but they did lose it. There were not a lot of marquee games on the schedule. And then when you finally had this opportunity to erase that narrative against the Niners, Purdy immediately gets hurt and Josh Johnson gets knocked out of the game as well. Now you go beat up on the Chiefs and win, no one's ever going to look back and talk about the schedule. But you lose this game, and you lose and look look poor in the process, mm-hmm. everyone's going to look to the schedule and say, all right, they were good, but they weren't nearly as good as that record indicated. But, Joey, excellent call, uh, excellent takes. That's how you bring the fire takes with the passion behind you. Uh, you've got a future in this biz, kid, if you want it. Ellen is in Wisconsin. Ellen, thanks for the call. I understand you're upset with me. What's up? Yeah, I'm a little concerned about you just assuming that Kyrie is a lock for the Hall of Fame. I agree he's an exquisite talent, but he averages like 50 games a year. You know, and so he's not available. Half the time he's not available just because he's in a bad mood. And he doesn't make the people around him better. CP3 makes every team he's on better. You know, and Kyrie doesn't do that. He, You know, he didn't make Boston better. He clearly that dumpster fire at the Barclays Center is evidence. And it's just a question, you know, look, he's like a McLaren. You know, he's a $250,000 car. But if the engine doesn't work, it's great. To, he's great to look at, but he's not reliable. Number two is I'm a mom. Joey, do your algebra homework. <laughs> in Iowa, do your algebra homework. And then make the phone call for crying out loud. Please. I don't I don't I don't know, Alan. I, I algebra got me nowhere. Uh, I never was good at my algebra homework and uh, I didn't need it in life. Uh, but I did need sports uh, in life. So there you go. I don't know. Maybe Joey take uh, the algebra advice with a grain of salt. Depends what you want to do. But I will say this. I don't disagree with anything, Joe, that Ellen just said as it regards Kyrie Irving. I'm not out here defending Kyrie Irving. He's got a championship because LeBron decided to go back to that team. Let's not forget that. Right. He needed LeBron in order to get it done. Ever since he left LeBron's side, he hasn't been able to get anything done except for a whole lot of drama. I'm not saying otherwise. The problem is, Ellen, I'm talking about the Basketball Hall of Fame, not the Football Hall of Fame. I'm talking about the Basketball Hall of Fame and the Basketball Hall of Fame everybody gets into. I could practically get into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Kyrie Irving is a lock. Yeah, that's the thing that a lot of people don't necessarily realize is when you talk about the Hall of Fame, you can't compare this one to anything else because baseball is the hardest of them all to get into and basketball is a revolving door. And mm-hmm. that's I'm not 
And it's I probably shouldn't say too. it like it's that. It's not just like, pros with basketball. Yeah, it, well, it, it involves your collegiate career. Mm-hmm. It involves your international career. Like, Yao Ming had a good NBA career, but, you know, injuries cut it short. But he did so much for the game internationally that, of course, he was going to ride right into the Hall of Fame. So it's a very different beast. If Kyrie gets in, so be it. It's not like he did a whole lot at Duke, So, but he did have an I, – I believe he's had an international career. He's probably on one of the Olympic teams that ended up winning, so – you know, there's a gold medal in there as well, I'm guessing. The fo- the phone lines are blowing up here. We're going to continue to take your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. Tune into NBA action tonight as the Lakers host the Bucks. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. We are taking you up to the coverage of that game. So you're getting us for some bonus minutes here on Joe and Amber. Coming up next, more of your phone calls. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe Formbaugh and Amber Wilson rolling along. We are taking you up to coverage of Bucks Lakers. Coverage begins on select ESPN radio stations at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So we got a little bit of time left to take more of your phone calls. Austin is in Illinois. Austin, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hello, Amber. Hello, Joe. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Thank you very well. Great, great. Long time listener. I love you guys. Driving home from work every day. But I do have to say, Amber, I know I'm a diehard Packers fan. I'm not the biggest fan of Rodgers. He's a winner. He's, he's a no-doubt winner, four-time MVP, Super Bowl winner. I hate, I hate the, the conversation that we have about him all the time. Do you think if we ever stop talking about him, he'd just go off in the wind? Or do you think he gets riled up from people talking about him? That's why he continues to come back with uh, – with these interviews and, and, and impressive takes on the media. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what he wants us to do. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been in the game so long. He knows exactly what he's doing, Joe, exactly what he's doing. He knows every – it's all calculated, right? He knows everything he says that's going to make waves. He's been doing this for so long. He knows how to work the media. He is working the media. He is working it brilliantly, frankly, and if he didn't want to be part of the conversation – he wouldn't be part of the conversation to this depth and this degree. Like, he's Aaron Rodgers. He'd always have some conversation around him, but not to this level. So you don't think he's thin-skinned? Some people who I would d- be thin-skinned would be so like so caught up in all these things people say about them that they would constantly feel the need to be in the news to address all of them. Like Kevin Durant. I think you can make that argument about Kevin Durant. I do not think that that's what's happening here with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers has like a stake in the Pat McAfee show. I think he's got a big future in it when he's done with football if he wants it. I think it's all calculated, frankly. Uh, and I think that he enjoys the attention and he kind of enjoys... I think he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and that he's always getting one over on us and that we don't know it (laughs) I mean if he's setting up a post career in regards to anything of a prominent nature where he's in the public spotlight he's doing an excellent job because we talk more about him now for all the stuff that doesn't have to deal with football than we do football we talk about his interviews we talk about his vaccination status we talk about his vacations we talk about who he's dating years ago we were talking about whether or not he sent all those christmas presents back to his family we talk more about that stuff than we do about what's actually going on the field with the Green Bay Packers. Because it's normally not all that interesting. Like, he wins MVPs. They don't do a lot of winning otherwise. His Super Bowl was, what, 2013? Like, we're we're a decade removed from Aaron Rodgers being a Super Bowl MVP. He doesn't do the winning in the postseason. He does just enough, though, for us to always 
have him at the top of every quarterback or near the top in the conversation for top quarterbacks in the league, fine. But then also it's all that stuff off the field that he just revels in and he does it so well. If you didn't want, I mean, come on, this is a guy like he's think about the women he's always dating alone. I mean, they're so, so famous. Like this is not a guy who shies away from attention. Let me throw some news in breaking news out of the NFL player awards. Nick Bosa is your 2022 associated press defensive player of the year. Not Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. Nick Bosa from the San Francisco 49ers. Well, look at that. So we know now who Defensive Player of the Year is. Uh, it is Nick Bosa. Do we have any other news as it regards those awards? Those are happening yeah. right now. Justin Jefferson takes home Offensive Player of the Year. Okay. Well, there you go. Offensive and we know Player offensive of the Year. and defensive. Justin Jefferson. Uh, Micah Parsons showed up to the NFL Awards with his son, Malcolm Parsons, in a custom-made suit that looked like Micah's uh, suit. There and you it go. Was the most adorable thing. His son looks like he's probably like four years old. It was so, so cute. Love Let's it. Let's get back to your phone calls. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Jonathan is in Los Angeles. Jonathan, I understand that you have a Super Bowl betting question for Joe. Yes, ma'am. How's it going, Amber? Joe, Joe, I'm a big fan of yours. I heard you earlier in the K show. So, uh, what do you um, what do you recommend better? What or what do you lean to the most, over, or the Chiefs money line? Remember, the over hasn't gone over. I'm pretty sure you know this in over five years. And the last time it went over, the Eagles were there, indoor game. Where do you lean on the most? Thank you guys. You guys keep up the good work. Thank you. Great question. Thank you for listening. I haven't made any plays on the total yet. Last week I was leaning under. This week I'm leaning over. So whatever I feel about that, it probably means nothing to you because I don't have a lot of conviction. As for who I'm playing on the side, again, not a lot of conviction. Most of my actions on the prop market right now, which we'll reveal a bunch of those on tomorrow's show to get you set. I do think the professionals are eventually going to get involved with Kansas City here in the next couple days. My prediction is that the line is going to start moving back towards the Chiefs. If you want a couple props, though, you did call looking for some action. I'll give you some right now. Kenneth Gainwell, Eagles running back, over one and a half receptions, over 11 and a half receiving yards. Kansas City has been abysmal defending opposing running backs coming out of the backfield this season. They gave up the most targets, second most receiving yards, and fourth most, or excuse me, second most receptions and fourth most receiving yards to opposing running backs this season. So I like Gainwell to have a, a big enough game in the passing game in order to go over one and a half receptions and 11 and a half receiving yards. Back to your phone call as we go. Triple H, say ESPN. Kirk is in Minnesota. Kirk, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just want to say I like the uh, Sports Analyzer 3000. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a printer, though, right? So, but, um, yeah. so it'd be nice to have a printer sound. But, listen, but I know, that's I'm, actually that's, excellent suggestion. It's a fantastic or, suggestion. Those are the sounds that it makes. I don't control <laughs> it. I don't know what but, you want me to do, man. Uh, if you need help, I, I think I'm in the ITF to kind of help you adjust that. But, but the uh, um... oh man, all that setup and we lost him. That's all we had. I, that's I a think, shame. I think nice Kirk try, Kirk. For us, but that's fine. Um, I'll take the suggestion there on Sports Interpreter three thousand in terms of uh, his uh, in terms of uh, his sound quality. There. Next time, we'll try to land that plane. On. Listen, there's that maybe it needs some adjustments. You know, I like I said, I put it together this morning. Maybe I was a little tired. Maybe there's like a, a screw loose or something. I don't know. <laughs> He'll take a look at it. Uh, we'll see if we can get, get, get it together by, by the time we do it again. Joey is in Florida. Jody, Joey, what do you have for us? Hey, I think you guys were totally wrong when you were talking about the Eagles' schedule. I mean, we beat every – or we beat most of the uh, – 
winning teams that we played this year. We blew the Niners out, and you said that, oh, it was only because their quarterbacks were lost. Their quarterbacks were lost because we beat the hell out of them. And, you know, the, the Eagles' defense is something nobody's seen in a long time. They're about to set the record for regular and postseason combined sacks ever, and Hassan Reddick is going to feast on Pat Mahomes with, with, a bum, with a bum ankle. Hassan I mean, Reddick, 35-1 to one to win Super Bowl MVP. I like that price. Uh, it's, well, I mean, it's just the problem with that is that's not the position that wins Super Bowl MVP. I took Hassan Reddick over Chris Jones yesterday when we were having conversations about some of these, some of these players on different teams. But do you agree with what he said there about the schedule? Because you and I have had a very different tune every time we analyze the schedule, Joe. They have faced four teams that ranked in the top 10 in scoring offense this season. Four. That's it. They played 19 games. Now, I should say five because one of them was the San Francisco 49ers who lost Purdy, then lost Josh Johnson, then went back to Purdy who couldn't throw. But fine. I'll give you that because they knocked him out. They held him to nothing. They gave up 40 to Dallas. They gave up 35 to the Detroit Lions. The other two against Minnesota and Jacksonville, they limited them. Those were home games. So I would say that there have been some good performances throughout the course of the year, but there are also a couple that were measuring stick games where they gave up quite a bit of action on the other side of the ball. I feel like we're getting a lot of defensive Eagle fans today, and I'm confused by that. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be. It's Philadelphia, right? But game time is approaching. Everyone's getting angry. But like, Everyone's just, just getting into game mode. You know what? It's been this weird experience for me with the Super Bowl because – I was so high on Jalen Hurts last season. Like, I felt like people were being too critical of Jalen Hurts. I was such a fan of Jalen's in, in college and seeing him do it multiple places and, and everything that happened there with him at, at Alabama. I just felt like he really had risen above the adversity. I liked him as a player. And then he joins this Eagles team, and everybody was just fawning over this Eagles team so much this season and over Hurts specifically so much this season. And I was kind of looking at the schedule and looking at some of these things and this easy path they've had, and I sort of found myself – almost denouncing them in a way or almost feeling like the need to argue against them. I just don't, I feel like the narrative otherwise has been so darn positive every step of the season around the, they're just, look, you got to understand we're, we're, we're three days from kickoff. They're just working themselves into a frenzy. This is what we do. Getting ourselves into a frenzy. Why are they all named Joe? Well, that's true. They also are all named Joe, Joe Fortenball. We've gotten two Joey's (laughs) today as well. Joey's and Joe's love themselves in Philadelphia. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.